everyone. Hope you've had a great week. Thanks for tuning into our podcast and hope it encourages you, inspires you as you go about your week. Here's today's message. Hey, now listen, um, I played football, friends, for Denali Football Club. I don't know if you heard of Denali before, um, but up in the Lexton League, you probably haven't heard of the Lexton League, and, um, and we used to, like, it was so good being part of a team. It's good to be part of a good team. And um, we would come in after a win, and sometimes we went through seasons with not so many wins, <laughs> but then if we did win... It's the best feeling in the world, if you're part of a football club like that, to come in after the win and sing the song. Um, now, back in those days, um, there was a word or two that I used to just go silent for during the song, and so I can't sing it all to you now, because um, we're in church. Um, but um, there were words in there like, are we good, are we good, you know, and then there was extra words that came after that. Um, so don't try and imagine them, but like being a team. Um, when I joined out of school, I joined the Navy. HMAS Creswell, the officer training school, I was up there. I was in Jarvis Division. There were four divisions. I was in Jarvis Division. And the competition between the divisions, um, the, the division that would, that would win all the points for the year was called the Cock Division. So there's Cook, Philip, Jarvis, and Flinders Division, and then cock, everyone wanted to win the Cock Division trophy. And I can still remember some of the songs we sung there too, you know, <laughs> big songs. Um, in the, being part of a good team, though. In, uh, my, my friends today, I've just, just been on, um, getting, got a, a voice message from a squad mate of mine the other night who went through the police academy with in 1985. You know, and Dougie, his name is, and he's uh, working in Darwin at the moment. He rings me the other day and he says, Shep, Shep, come into Melbourne. And, you know, like, I'd love to catch up with you. And he finishes the message with, love ya. <laughs> the, the, the mates. And then there's a guy, and some of you guys have even met here, uh, met, met, met him here. Like, he's the guy that, if you notice, did you notice the carpets are all clean? Well, cleaner. <laughs> um, uh, Alan, the guy that does the carpets. He's still a great mate of mine. We went through the police academy together. And he used to, on Wednesday nights, we used to be able to get, we had to live in, but on Wednesday nights, we were, had to, we were allowed to get out and go out, you know, and do what we want to do. And we had to be back by six o'clock Thursday morning. And I would stay there and study, you know, because we had a lot of work to do. Jonesy, he, <laughs> every Wednesday, he would say to me, Shep, call me Shep, Shep, Wild horses couldn't drag me away tonight, you know, because all the other guys, had, half the guys would be going down to the Notting Hill Hotel to have a few drinks. And I'd say, yeah, all right, Jonesy, you know. And then the next morning, we'd uh, front up for our fatigues parade, and he'd say, Shep, the wild horses got me again. <laughs> you, know, you know when you've got really good friends, and you're on a team, you have camaraderie and solidarity. And when you go through hard things together, there's bonding as well. You know when you go through a, like a big challenge and you get to the other side of it, there's bonding. And, and generally, the higher the purpose, the greater the satisfaction. I bet you... I bet you any money you like 
having good friends and you like being part of a good team and you like having a high purpose and, and feeling like what you're doing matters and you're making a contribution to a more than worthy cause. Go further. Church, church. <laughs> you like being part of church? A couple of churches ago when I was a youth pastor and we had an evening service, there was a guy... Um, don't tell anyone, um, he, his name was Jim. <laughs> and every Sunday night without fail, Jim would be sitting down towards the back of the church and he'd go like this. And then he'd end up like this. Fast asleep, like out cold. Just think, I wonder, like, why come? <laughs> why, why come? Have you seen Mr. Bean when he goes to church? And the poor guy, like, he obviously is not too used to going there. It's a high Anglican church, and he gets in there, and he tries to sit in the front row, and he falls asleep, and he's trying to sing the hallelujah hymn, hallelujah, and then they go slow. The organist slows it down, and he yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to get that. Like the poor guy, he's, he's in church and it's the most out of body, surreal, stupid, boring experience of his life. No wonder he falls asleep. And that's just the church service because a lot of the time when we talk about church, well, we think about this, don't we? Just the, like the, the thing that we call the service. What about everything else about church? Now, before I say this next part, put your hand up if you're my friend, like if we're friends. Can we just get a show of hands? Who's friends here? Friends? We're all friends? Shane, have you got your hand up? Oh, okay. All right. Okay, hands down. So most people put their hands up. I didn't notice exactly who didn't. Um, most people did. So we're friends. We're friends, right? Oh, I thought, I thought Honor had gone and put that slide up. Um, so I just want to paint a little bit of a picture, right? So if, no matter, no matter who you are, and by the way too, this is why I prayed earlier, this is in all seriousness, why I prayed earlier about extraordinary, one of the reasons is because Adam and I did not compare notes at all. Not like, not, not for a split second did we compare notes on what we would talk about today, okay? Just, well, I want you to know that. Did we, Adam? Not, not one word. Um, so I too am not talking to anyone, all right? This is one of the bits that you may not like, and, uh, but, but I just want to paint a picture. So could you, if you're my friend, right, no matter what I say here, could you just laugh along with me and just like, just humor each other? Who thinks we can do that? Can we humor? We're capable of humor? All right, good, 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 good. Can you imagine, let's just paint a picture of church and here we go. Imagine, and we start at 10, uh, like any church though, whatever time it shows. Here we go, Anna, why don't you put that up? Imagine people come late and they just drift in. Bit by bit by bit. <laughs> I've been wondering whether we should cancel the bread delivery out there because people, some people come late, then they go and spend a while sorting through which bread they want. 
<laughs> then they get their bread, then they go and put it out in their car, and then they come back in, and then eventually they make it back into it. So imagine people are late, they're just drifting in. Imagine if they sit at the back, so the first seats that fill up are the back seats. And imagine, like, it's just a bit, like, and then you sort of broaden it out to church, and church is a bit scattered. It's a bit like, have you heard of, like, trying to herd cats? Can you imagine trying to herd cats? Like, seriously, um, like, leaders will often talk about that, trying to get a team of people together, and it's just like trying to herd cats. Um, and it's not just in church, but it happens in church. And there's so many things to happen around a church. I mean, really, 90 Five percent of what we do is done by volunteers, eh? not by staff. Um, and but just imagine though, there's just a few people that do the work. Heard of the eighty twenty rule? They say that in most churches, twenty percent of the people do eighty percent of the work, and eighty percent of the people do twenty percent of the work. Like so, few people do the work. And then, moreover, there's this sense of duty and obligation. Just like, oh, yeah, yeah, church. And, and then the, the classic line, oh, I haven't heard this one for a long time, but um, in fact, you, you really don't hear this line that much around this church. I'm thankful for that. But the classic line that you get um, a lot of the time in church is like, especially if you're just meeting people for the first time, and you're like, oh, and so, you know, like say you're talking to Noah, and you say, no, Noah, um, what do you do? And Noah says, well, Hey, I lead worship. I'm just, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just doing it till I can find someone else to do it. You know, like, it's this sense of duty and obligation. This is, yeah, yeah, you know. And the giving, the giving, the, like the, the offering. And by the way, I just realized, I've never occurred to me before now, but we talk about the drop box up the back. Do you, I mean, do you guys know what a drop box is? Drop boxes also have a connotation. Braden, you go camping, you know what a drop box is, don't you? Hey? Like drop boxes are those terrible old toilets that they have up in camping areas where there's no electricity and no running water. That's a drop box. So that's not a drop box up there. But giving, and so the giving, when there's this sense of duty and obligations, it, it, like it's, it, it's sort of low and people are at, at best reluctant and doing their duty. And then if you apply those things, right, to Mill Park Baptist Church, if you talk about the things and, and what we've done for this year, um, we've, we've planned out, and, and you see those things there, the four things at the top of the list, like the four staples around the church, our property days, when we meet to maintain our property, um, encounter, when we come together on a Sunday evening, just for an hour, we worship and we pray together, um, and then our members' meetings, and also then our leadership community. It used to just be for the elders and the board, pastoral team and the ministry team coordinators. Now we're, we're, we're widening that out this year to everyone who's involved in ministry, right? Everyone who's involved in ministry. If you, if you look at Mill Park Baptist Church and you say, so for those things, people turn up late. Um, when I say part-time, you know when you're trying to, as a pastor or even as a leader and you're, you're desperately trying to organise something and, and people are coming late and they've got it, they can only come late and leave early, you know, and, and that sort of stuff. And so sometimes it's, it's hard. Um, and there's, all these re there's always reasons. And um, I remember years ago, before we had kids and Deb and I, I was the youth pastor at another church. We're getting ready. We're doing fundraising because we're going on a mission trip, you know, and we're doing car washes. We're trying to raise funds, you know, and everyone's coming up. And, and Deb, like, it's a, you've got to go pretty hard to get Deb riled, you know, 
And she comes to me one day and she goes, if I have one more person come to me with a pained look on their face and say, oh, I gotta leave early to go and do that. She said like, she said, I'm busy too. <laughs> so these reasons and excuses. And so you could look at that and like I said on these slides, you could go blah, 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 blah. You could, couldn't you? Hey? What about if you compare that, though, with this? Firstly, people roll up early to church. They've actually come early. Um, Favourite church that Jake, our son, works for. Um, now, now you, you're going to say, oh, that's just because it's in the Philippines. Well, maybe it is. Maybe it is. You mean, like, you've got to get there early. Um, if not, you will be right down the back. And you may not get a seat. You've got, like, people, like, that place is absolutely buzzing half an hour before the service starts. And you say, oh, it's just Manila. Well, okay, so now Jake's working in Brisbane for the same church. It's Favour Church Brisbane. And that church is probably, probably a little smaller than this. You should see when you go there. You guys just experienced it. I bet you, I haven't even asked you, did you experience that? You get there and, like, it's like, man, we, we, you feel like you're late. And you got there 10 minutes early. Again, we didn't compare notes on that. So you guys just experienced that, didn't you? So it's not just in Manila. It's in Australia. Everyone's early. And they can't wait to get there. There's this sense of anticipation. Um, people, imagine if, imagine if the front, and you fill up the front first. And so we got, we're together. We're together. We're all together. And imagine then if everyone helps... And there's this sense of joy and inspiration around the church. And the giving reflects that because it's high. And it's not, it's not out of reluctance. It's, it's like, like I'm privileged to be able to give. <laughs> um, and you apply that to Mill Park Baptist Church and those things, our rhythm for 224, property days, encounter, members, meetings, leadership, community, etc. People are early and they're vital, man. You just want to be there. And yes, yeah, Todd said earlier, um, you know, and I, I know there are cultural elements at play, but our, our Arabic group, there are 55 people, and the 55 that are there, they're just the people that are staying from Friday night till Sunday afternoon, right? There's a whole lot of other visitors that came down yesterday. So well more than 60 people, probably up above 70 now, Sammy thinks. And they were booked out before Christmas. They live in the same country we do. Now I want to ask you, out of those things, if you're not too angry with me, which one would you prefer to be part of? Like, you don't have to put your hand up. Like, like anyone want to be part of that first one? In comparison to that second one? For the whole month of February, we've let you know these last few weeks, it is Adventures in Mission here, Mill Park Paps. Because up front, do you know why we're doing this? Here it is, friends, is because the church's purpose is the most important purpose in the world. Do you believe that? 
the church's purpose is the most important purpose in the world, and that includes us here at Mill Park Baptist Church. And honestly, no exaggeration, no manipulation, no spin doctoring. Church, the way that Jesus intended it, hear this, it's supposed to be even better than any story I could tell you like Denali Football Club or Police Academy or Jarvis Division. Way better. And it's not that that Jesus thought, right, I want to dream up this really good, fun exercise for all these people. Let's work out that. That that wasn't his priority. His priority was because he's always been, ever since the first pages of the Bible, he's always been a God of mission. Absolutely always. Always. Highest purpose. Bring people into relationship with God so they can live as as they were destined to live. From, the, like from, from, from Genesis chapter 1. Always there, right? And so his purpose was to achieve that purpose, but by virtue of the way he set it up, it becomes that purpose. And that is, it is fun. And it's the best team in the world to be part of. But we shoot ourselves in the foot, and that's not a Mill Park Baptist Church, we shoot it. No, no, we as, especially in the Western world, Western world Christians shoot ourselves in the foot, and we make church into that Mr. Bean experience. Who in their right mind would want to go and do that? The church's purpose, friends, it's the most important purpose in the world. Now, step back in time with me for a minute, because it's thousands of years ago, like thousands, and the Israelite people, they've found themselves trapped in cruel slavery in Egypt under the the tyranny of Pharaoh. And it beggars belief the way that God broke them out of there. And that's Jewish people to this day celebrate that, that, that act of rescue. It's in the Passover, in the Passover feast. It beggars belief. Read that story sometime. And then, and then he, he rescues them from that dark world. But that's just the beginning. He brings them out just a few days later. He, he literally, you know this story? Exodus chapter 13. He literally divides the Red Sea. So that around about 2 million Israelite people can walk right through on dry land. And then just as Pharaoh and his army and the Egyptians are all getting in, and they're getting out the other side, then he collapses the sea, and they're all drowned. Then he gives them water out of a rock, enough for 2 million people. Then they're hungry. So he gives them their own special, it's like a, it's a bread or damper-like substance, never before, never since. It's called manna, M-A-N-N-A. And they want meat. So he, 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 he has all these quail fly in. All these amazing stories, and they're on their way to what has always been called, and it was called then, the promised land and then he brings them before they get to the promised land he brings them to the base to the foot of Mount Sinai they wait down by God's instruction Moses goes up on the mountain look at this Exodus chapter 19 Moses climbed the mountain to appear before God the Lord called out to him from the mountain and said give these instructions to the to the descendants of Jacob 
the people of Israel. You've seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I brought you to myself and carried you on eagles' wings. Now, friends, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the nations of the earth, for all the earth belongs to me. You'll be a kingdom of priests, my holy nation. And then right there up on the mountain, Moses up on the mountain, the people down on the ground, that's where the Ten Commandments come from. Plus all the additional laws and promises and warnings, but all of those are designed for God's chosen people. A chosen people with a chosen purpose. And all along, since the very beginning of time, because God's been so clearly and explicitly a God of mission, and it's a God whose great big purpose is all about bringing people into relationship with himself. Friends, this is one of the parts that you've probably heard a thousand times before. But, but um, Holy Spirit, give us grace to hear God's purpose was never, ever for Mr. Bean to go to church and be bored. Sing hallelujah. And likewise, God's purpose has never, ever, ever, even a whisker, been for you, my friend, or me, to just exist when it comes to church, to be bored, to be reluctant, to just, to just give a little bit sparingly. I don't just mean money, time, effort, sacrifice. Leave the work to others. That was never his intention. And now, since that time, thousands of years ago, chosen people with a chosen purpose, you know, as of Jesus, we become the chosen people with the chosen purpose. God's people. Now, my friend, if you are, please... Please don't hear this the wrong way, all right? If you're here under sufferance, and it's just like, and, and I don't mean if you, I don't at all mean if, if you're here and, you, and you just, you're trying to find out about Jesus, you want to learn about Jesus, um, you want to understand, you're just exploring it, please, you are like, you're more welcome, you're more welcome than you could ever realize. I'm talking about people who've been around for a bit, and, 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 and you would say, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. But really, you're here under sufferance, you're just fulfilling your duty, you're just coming along, oh, I went to church. I reckon you should ask yourself a question. Really? It's worth it. You could think of something better to do with your Sunday morning, couldn't you? Or, or, or even a, a question like, well, this church, like it, it doesn't, like, no, I can't be involved. I'm not involved in helping or serving there. And, and here's the reasons why. And there might be some good reasons. Well, if that's the case, wouldn't you ask yourself a question and say, well, what about if we, if we find, and, and, and friends, I would gladly help you find. Let's find a church where I can. And these, 
these days, you know, the divine commodity, we call it, where <laughs> you just go from church to church to church to church, you know. Check it out, just look around, church shopping. Um, I heard a pastor say once, uh, not so long back, I won't name the pastor, he was talking about that in a message and he was encouraging people to get a church and I don't know if I can get away with saying this or not, maybe I'll get in trouble. But he just looked at the people and he said, find a church, I, I won't say it, he, he, don't worry, he didn't, it, I he used the word freaking. He said, find a freaking church. And don't keep going around. The church's purpose is the most important purpose in the world. And so when we've got people who name the name of Jesus, but they're just a passenger, and they are just church shopping, every one of those people, you know, every one of those could be making a contribution which would make the church a whole lot more effective. Church's purpose, most important person in the world. Amongst the instructions that God gives most of the people now, remembering that as a people, they'd left the land of Canaan. They'd left the land of Canaan. It was 400 years earlier. They'd been in slavery in Egypt. And then now they're on their way back. And there's lots of instructions there. You can read them in Exodus, you know, in those chapters forward from chapter 19. But he then gives them some instruction on a particular topic. And this is called the tabernacle. They're in the wilderness. They don't realize it as such at the moment but they're going to be in the wilderness for another 40 years the tabernacle is basically a huge tent god now in new testament times and for us um, god the holy spirit dwells in each one of us who are jesus followers that's where he is that's where he lives right in old testament times god is seen to dwell to start with here in the tabernacle Later on, when they get to Jerusalem, he will dwell in the temple. This is the tabernacle. Look in this, chapter 25. The Lord said to Moses, I want the people of Israel to build me a sacred residence where I can live among them. You must make this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the plans that I will show you. Okay? So, don't get mixed up as we talk about this. We're not talking, look, we're not talking in, in nowadays about the building. He was talking about the building then because it's the tent. We're not. We're talking about the institution, hey? the church. It's not the building. Um, he gives Moses detailed instructions. There's going to be an ark there to carry the tablets. There'll be a table, a lampstand, altar, courtyard, even the clothing for the priests. And, those, and, and then how, how are they going to do this? Like they're out in the wilderness, this massive. You take a look in your picture Bible sometime and see how big it is. Then Moses said to all the people, this is what the Lord has commanded Take up an offering among you for the Lord. Let everyone whose heart is willing bring this as the Lord's offering. And then for several verses, he explains all the things that they can bring. Gold, silver, bronze, and the list goes on. And then he says in verse 10, okay, so that's what you're going to do it with. And now how are we going to do it? Let all the skilled artisans among you come and make everything that the Lord has commanded. And then he goes on for a few more verses about what they're going to make. Now, this is fascinating. You look at this. I played around with this. So take a look at this. You look at this. Put the next slide up, please, Ina. You look at this one. Look at that. Like, so he, says, he says, this is what the Lord has commanded. All right? So this is a command. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Build a tabernacle. It's a command. All right? But then he says, 
Take up an offering among you. That's the command. But look, let everyone whose heart is willing. The New Living Translation says everyone is invited. So the command is take up the offering, but there's an invitation there for all the people. Church's purpose most important purpose in the world, friends. So they do, they do just that. The workers get working, just like when we have a property day here. Just like that. But if it was here and they were writing about it, there'd be, there'd be a lot of people at the property day. Like we'd be falling over each other for jobs to do. We haven't had that problem for a little while. <laughs> All right? Anyway, the workers get working. They're using the materials that the people have given, and it's all good. It's going really, really good until it's not. They strike a problem. Look at this. Verse 4. Finally, the craftsmen left their work to meet with Moses. He's their leader. Here's the problem. We have more than enough materials on hand now to complete the job the Lord has given us to do. We've got too much. So Moses gave another command. Moses gave the command. This message is sent throughout the camp. Can you imagine this? Hey, everyone, stop. Don't bring any more offerings. No more. I, Alvin, I saw you. You're trying to bring an offering. Take that home. Don't, and David, you too, Linda, do you, like, stop bringing offerings. We've got far too much. So the people stopped bringing their offerings. They gave too much. They worked too hard. <laughs> they had to be hosed down. Church's purpose, most important purpose in the world. My friends, the church, the local church. And so this is very true of Mill Park Baptist Church. It's supposed to be the best team in the world to be part of. And when you're on the best team in the world, you're absolutely delighted to be on it. And once you get that notion, Chances are we'll have to hold you back. Like this. We didn't compare notes. A deep sense of awe came over them all in the New Testament, in the early church. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together constantly and shared everything they had. They sold their possessions, shared the proceeds with those in these. They worshipped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. And each day, the Lord added to their group those who were being saved. I mean, does that Friends, does that sound like a boring club to be part of? Does that sound like some, well, I gotta do it because no one else will do it? <laughs> would, would, would that be like herding cats? Would that be like trying to nail jelly to a tree? 
church's purpose, friends, most important purpose in the world. Hey, I just wanted to ask you, are you on our database? All right, are you on our database for the church? Best way to know is because we send out an email each week. So if, you, if, 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 we're, if you're on our database and we've got your up-to-date details, you'll get that church email every week. If you don't get that, that means that either you're not on the database or your details aren't right. So what I want to ask you to do, special, special request. Um, I didn't set up a formal way to do this, but come see me afterwards. Um, see Adam. See Todd. J- June, down there, June. You put your hand up nice and high, June. See in the lovely blue top with black underneath. Um, see June. Any of us, we'll write your details down. We'll get you on the database because that's how you're going to, because by mid-afternoon today, Everyone who is on the database, you're going to get a copy by email of our prospectus. Um, And it says right at the beginning, it's it's a document, and it says there, this paints a picture of our church, who we are, where we've come from, where we're heading, and how we're set up. Ever since 2006 here in the church, what we've done is just followed a rhythmic pattern of looking at our church, and what, what that means is then we, we're always looking at it. But once every five years, we do a full review of ourselves and especially of our church health and our progress. We're never, we're never overly focused. In fact, we're, we're hardly focused at all on how big we are and our size, but on our health. And then we update and we refine, we recalibrate the prospectus. And so what you're going to receive this afternoon is our brand newly updated prospectus. And we felt that it was high time now after all those years, I think 17 years since it first started up, was to update the purpose statement a little bit. I just want to tell you real quick about this before we finish. Our purpose statement, we say in there, explains why Mill Park Baptist Church exists. So we're talking about today, why are we here? And in a broad sense, what we hope to be. We've recently changed this feeling that the updated statement better and more specifically reflects our real true purpose. Here's what our purpose statement is. We exist, our church exists to sow seeds of faith in Jesus, to grow to maturity in him and to multiply the kingdom of God. Friends, that's why we're here. That's why we're here right this moment. That's why our Arabic friends are down at Anglesey at the moment, and that's why the Korean service will meet at four o'clock this afternoon. It's why Riot Youth started up on Friday night. It's why the kids' ministry team are meeting after church today. It's why Shaq started up again yesterday after the Christmas break meal on Saturdays. It's why the elders' board pastoral team will be together for the day next Saturday. You know, yesterday, um, normally I prepare what I'm going to say to you guys earlier in the week, but one reason I, I was doing it yesterday, so I'm working, but oh, I was having a hard day, like I was just like, oh, you know, not concentrating well. And anyway, whenever, when, when was that? It must have been late morning or early afternoon. I need a drink. I'm going to go out and get a drink. Then I go out to the kitchen. I think at the moment, at that time, no one else was home, right? I need a drink. So I go out, and on my way to the kitchen, I looked out, and I could see the clothesline at the back, and there's some clothes hanging on the clothesline. And I remembered 
there was a load of washing in the washing machine earlier and I heard it going, I think it might need to get hung out. I'll go hang it out. All right. So then I go from the kitchen to the laundry, into the laundry, and then I think, well, hold on. Before I hang that out, I see it in the, in the washing machine there, all finished. Before I hang that out, um, the clothes on the line, they'll be dry, it's hot. Let's go get them. You know, so I'll go get them. Hold on. Like, I don't have any hair, and the sun is blazing. I better go get a hat. All right, so I'll just go get my, my hat. So I go back into the, into the hall stand, get my hat, put my hat on. Back to the door, oh, hold on, it's gravel. Better go get my sandals. So I go back into the bedroom, and I get my sandals. And then I come out, and then I go out, and I get another basket. I go out, and I take all those dry clothes off the, off the clothesline. Great, they're off now. I take them back in. Where will I put them? I, like, I'll put them just here in front of the dryer. Now, you know you've got to clean the fluff out of your dryer? And... My family don't tend to do that too well. And so I thought, I wonder if they've cleaned it out lately. So I put that, open up the dryer, put, and sure enough, like there was a bucket load of fluff in there, all right? So I get all the fluff out, and then I think, what will I do with that? I know, I'll put it in the, you know, the food waste bin that you give. So I'll take that back in, um, and I'll put it and open up the food waste bin. Oh, there's moldy bread in there. All right, well, put that in there. Don't worry about that, you know. And then I go back, and now I've got everything. So now I go back. And I take the washing out, I hang the washing on the line, I come back in, and then I'm just going to, what, what, did I, what was I doing again? Oh, yeah, I was going to get a drink. And then, and then I look back, and I think, moldy bread, I don't want to leave moldy bread in there. Like, okay, let's tie up that bag, and I'll take it out and put it in the green waste bin outside, right? So I'll go and do that, and then I come back in, well, hold on, what about the worm bin? Because we've got another one that's for the worms, you know, what about the worm bin? Maybe... Oh, oh, man, that needs to go in the worms too. So I'll take that out, put that in the worms, come back in. Now, oh, look at those containers. They need to be washed. So then I start washing the, the worm bin and the other bin. The fry pan was still there because we had pancakes for breakfast. Well, I'll, I'll wash the fry pan as well. And that is when Haley came home and found me. Ina? Please? Thank you. That's when Haley came home. And she's like, what are you doing? And I said, sermon prep. Don't disturb me. You get the picture, don't you, friends? We need a purpose. We really, really need a purpose. And it's really easy to forget the purpose. It's so easy. We don't keep our purpose by accident. We need to keep our purpose. And that's one of the key roles of our leaders in whatever capacity they lead. And we want to remind ourselves, friends, that leadership actually means leadership. All right? For leaders to lead is not wrong. We, 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 we love the idea, especially in churches and especially, I think, in Baptist churches. Hey, we want leadership. We want leadership. But you just make sure you lead me where I want to go. Leadership, it's not wrong for leadership, leaders to make decisions. And in this case, to keep us reminded of our purpose. To keep us reminded of why we're here. We exist to sow seeds of faith in Jesus. We grow to maturity in Him. And we multiply the kingdom of God. But we don't need leaders to all. Like, we keep each other reminded of that. Everything about us, and I mean everything about us, my friends. About our church. And I mean everything about us. I mean, everything. 
about us is here to in some way, shape or form help to do these things, sow seeds of faith in Jesus, in our words, our actions, our intentions, our strategies, to talk about Jesus, to communicate Jesus and to grow to maturity in Him. And what that means is to have all of our people, we want all of our people, we're not going to force them, we can't force them, but we want all of our people to be growing to maturity. So not just coming along. And we want to multiply the kingdom of God. Actively contributing to and participating in the growth and the advance of God's kingdom. And that's not just here for Mill Park Baptist Church, that's from one end of the world to the other. And look around now, friends. There's empty seats. And I'm not worried about the numbers, but empty seats just just reminds you and reminds me, there are people that I could reach with, with a stone's throw from the front door of our church. And at this time, they're headed for a Christless eternity. We'll, we'll all interact with people. I imagine most of us will, probably all of us will today. They're on their way to a Christless eternity. And so you see, our purpose is very real. It's not just to come together and have a show, sing some songs and have a cup of tea. You ready for the all in? Ready to join the team? Ready to contribute to the team? Remember the most integral aspect of that whole thing is that Jesus comes to earth, he's born and lives, and he lives for for 30 or so years before we really know anything about him at all. And then for those last three years, He's public and he's speaking into his society in ways that that no one else ever had. He's all God, he's all man. He dies on the cross as a criminal, accused of crimes that he didn't commit. He's the perfect son of God, but he willingly dies to give you and I and every person, every person who'd ever graced the planet, the billions, give us the opportunity for life eternal. Because we've all got a problem. It's, it's, the, it's our sin problem that means that we are, we're not friends of God. We're enemies of God just, just by nature of the, uh, of the nature that's in us. And that can only be fixed with forgiveness. He dies to offer us forgiveness for our sins so that we can come into relationship with Him. It's the best news that was ever given to anyone. That's what we're here for. Let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for reminding us. We pray again that... um, that
that it would be it'd be your words that we we walk out of here with, not Jeff's. We pray for hearts that would allow us to respond. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.